to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, this is the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, podcast number 188, hard to believe. And we're on this uh, No Church Answers tour, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang, not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. Still in that COVID quarantine, but we're hopeful we'll be out soon. So we're in undisclosed locations around Sugarland. You know, we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and we recognize each of us are on our own spiritual journey. And you out there listening, we know you are too. We feel all men are leaders, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged. And that's why we're here. So whether you found us on uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, our website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com or iHeartRadio, the list just keeps getting bigger. Uh, we're glad that you did join us. And, you know, we don't want you to be a friendless American male. You know, I mean, I feel that accountability groups are okay and that uh, we need fellow warriors to grow to go to battle with. But instead of a group of just nice guys beating for tea, we need to be a band of brothers and no men are dedicated more to each other than those that have battled and worked together. And that's what I look at when I'm with this group here uh, at Man Up. If this is your first time, what we do is we go over a ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School lesson. We're currently in the Connect 360. It is pure joy. And the subtitle is A Choice to Rejoice. Excellent publications. We do different ones uh, on a regular basis. This is from uh, Baptist Way Press. And uh, what we do is first we go have a brief overview of the lesson from the panel. Uh, then we read a scripture. Uh, uh, today we're going to do it in a, in a couple of different uh, uh, versions. And, uh, and then we dissect it even more, put a man spin on it and kind of update it. So at this point in time, uh, it's my privilege to introduce to you the panel. Uh, he's a world-class policy writer, a bit of a professional gambler. He's also our producer. Mr. Steve Titch is here tonight. Hey, Steve. All right, Steve Titch. Yep. And uh, attorney and recently retired prosecutor, we still call him the judge, Michael Cropper is here. Hey, Mike. Hey, Bill. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. A corporate trainer for a Fortune 100, not one of those pansy <laughs> Fortune 500 companies. Uh, kind of the group theologian. Uh, we call him the Professor Robert Koshu is here. Yo, Robert. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically the host. I'm a salesman type, uh, host of Man Up, and uh, they kind of call me the director. And yeah, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get it in there, Bill. Hey me, hey me. And with that, I want to just go around the room and uh, talk about this this lesson, and uh, start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, we're going to continue in Philippians, and now we're up to Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 26. And this is a rather important piece of scripture. We as Christians believe in an afterlife, and we believe the afterlife is totally glorious, totally beyond compare to what this uh, existence, earthly existence is. And 
Well, in my head, can my head canon? I think maybe at a synagogue where Paul was teaching about this, about the resurrection, uh, or even maybe in his jailers, maybe he got he got uh, a bit of heckling on it, and somebody might have asked, "Well, if the afterlife is so great, why are you hanging around here?" And for right. those who are unfamiliar with the Bible. Paul addresses that question right here, and he talks about it, and, and it's a rather poignant, uh, poignant piece of scripture because he's saying, "Yeah, there, there are." You know, he says, "Sometimes I wonder if it's you know better." And we'll, we'll read it. We'll read it. Actually, two versions. We'll read NIV and then the Message. But it is, it is, I think, incredibly important, especially for men, and especially for believers. Uh, who have this real question, and this is this is a youth question, I'm sure, Robert. If it's if it's so great in heaven, what are we doing here? Excellent, and Professor, I'm just going to let him give the hand off to you. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, and actually, I have, we have had that discussion uh, in our youth group, um, but this is one of those. I was intrigued by the opening story the author told because he spent some time in Waco. And he spent some time at a place called Church Under the Bridge, which is actually so it is a incredibly interesting story. It is basically a we read the book um, Trolls and Tribulation and at our church. And it was written by Jimmy Carroll. Dr. Jimmy Carroll founded a group called Mission Waco. He's the pastor of Church Under the Bridge and Church Under the Bridge is a church that meets underneath I-35 in Waco on Sunday mornings. I've actually worshipped there once. We did a mission trip with the youth group to Mission Waco, and we traveled with them. And he talks about how, when he was talking to those guys, how they found purpose and meaning in their life and realized that, hey, even though maybe it is a glorified existence we go to, there is still work to do here as a part of it. And that was a really good segue. As I read that, I was really intrigued by it. And so I'm looking forward to the discussion kind of going back and forth a little bit um, as we look at it, because th there is some tension there. And I'm like you, Steve, I tend to think Paul did get heckled in the Jewish synagogue. I just, I just, I see too many of his, too many of his writings, the way he comes back, it really alludes to that occurring <laughs> with it. You know, it's like, yeah, right. whatever. <laughs> well, that he, like he was bullied. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Judge, your, your <laughs> overview of this lesson. All right, Bill. Yeah, just a couple of things. Reminder, uh, our first lesson was about Paul greeting the Philippians and telling them how grateful and proud he was of them and how much they mean to him. And, uh, Tell me, always praise for them in loving knowledge and discernment and grow, their growth. Um, the second lesson was Paul tells the, the Philippians that his stay in the prison where he is. By the way, folks, uh, just a reminder, Paul's in prison in Rome when he's writing this letter. So he has a, a lot of thoughts. He thinks on a lot of deep things. But anyway, Paul tells the Philippians that his stay in prison has been a great opportunity to win many people to Christ. Uh, more or less, he's telling them, don't be discouraged. Don't don't be upset that I'm in prison still. He says, I've witnessed to those who might I might not have had the opportunity to witness to had I not been in prison. <clears throat> and in fact, he he gained a reputation of preaching the gospel uh, with the imperial guard. And many, many of the prisoners probably came to Christ. We don't hear a lot about that. But everywhere he went, he won people to the Lord. He made enemies who didn't accept his, his teachings, especially the Jewish high priests and such, but uh, many people he did win to the Lord, including Jews and Gentiles. And Paul shares his hope, shared his hope in that he will win his trial and come to the Philippians soon at the end of that particular set of scriptures we looked at last week. So today, yes, Paul reminds the Philippians that he is sold out to Christ. And it is somewhat difficult to continue preaching and suffering for Christ but he will do it because he chooses to do so. He says if it's his choice, he, he might want to go to be with the Lord. If he had that opportunity, he discusses that. 
So I'm, I'm guessing just from the scriptures, and again, we'll look at him, Bill, we'll read those in just a few moments. He's probably getting a little discouraged. I think I would be really discouraged if I were in jail for a couple of years like he has probably been. But he uh, he's an example to all our Christian followers that being called to preach means giving up your personal desires and following Christ in everything. And uh, at that time, he is waiting trial before Caesar. And although he trusts Christ completely to protect him, you can tell or sense that the stress on him is, is just really tiring, and he's been doing this for so long. Now, Steve is correct. Paul seems to fluctuate about life and death. At least that's the way I read it. And, of course, what we'll be talking about is the great mystery of death. Do we, in fact, even Paul, who was spoken to directly by Christ when he was called to preach, even Paul has his ups and downs a little bit even though he's very strong in these scriptures about life and death, but he speaks of sleeping in Christ later, and he also speaks of uh, going to be in the presence of the Lord. So, yes, I'm looking forward to discussion too, Bill. All right. At this time, I'm going to go ahead and read this the scripture. I, I believe this is the NIV version. Uh, and so this is Philippians 1, 20 through 26. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is to gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. That's the NIV version. I believe, Robert, you have the message version. I do. And one of the things we always talk about, you know, is a way to exercise your faith muscle is you got to read scripture a lot. And I encourage people read different translations. Um, I know Kyle's a big fan of the message. I really like it sometimes. Um, and this was one when I read it, I, I pretty much sent to Steve and said, hey, we got to read this this, this week because it, it really put kind of a different, I guess a different spin on it would be the right way to put it. So um, so this is Philippians 1, 19 through 26 from the message. So how am I to respond? I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed, so I just cheer them on. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. Through your faithful prayers and generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known. Regardless of whether I live or die, they didn't shut me up. They gave me a platform. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his prize. Life versus even more life. I can't lose. As long as I'm alive in this body, there is good work for me to do. If I had to choose right now, I hardly know which I choose. Hard choice. The desire to break camp here and be with Christ is powerful. Some days I can think of nothing better. But most days, because of what you are going through, I am sure that it's better for me to stick it out here. So I plan to be around a while. Companion to you, as your growth and joy in this life of trusting God continues, you can start looking forward to a great reunion when I come to visit you again. We'll be praising Christ, enjoying each other. Excellent. Um, you know, one thing about this lesson that I uh, brought up a... Uh, a quote that I'd heard. Uh, I think it's uh, Reverend D. Chardin, uh, 20th century philosopher. He's the one that said, 
we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And that's kind of, uh, I, I watched my parents pass away uh, fairly close to each other, three months apart. They were both in their 80s. And, but it very differently. My dad passed away. He was just out of time. He had, he had, he was in assisted living, but he was still making deals and doing things. He was expecting to be able to walk and to be, to get back out and to live. Whereas my mother, she had basically accomplished all that she was going to accomplish in her life. She recognized that she was in her 80s. She had pursued everything she'd wanted to pursue. And now her body was failing. So in a way, she lost the will to live. And I think that's a, that's a huge kind of distinction. I just kind of wanted to throw that out as we start with uh, this particular discussion. Okay, well, the, what, what I was thinking about was uh, uh, Paul has talked to us in the scripture. He tells us, you know, to, to die is, is what to, uh, to live as Christ and to die is gain. Either way, he sees it's a benefit for him because he has spent his whole life preaching the gospel, living for Christ. Uh, when we get glimpses of what heaven really is, uh, we, we know that we will go instantly or we believe that we'll go instantly into the presence of God and the presence of Jesus Christ. Uh, if you look at Revelation, uh, however, it will not be all floating around on clouds and singing. I think we will actually, we may have work to do. We may have, have various jobs in heaven. So it's not necessarily just doing nothing or just singing all praises around the throne, even though it may be that. We don't know. Revelation gives us a number of different views of heaven. But uh, Paul tells us here he's looking forward to, to being in the presence of God and being in the presence of Jesus Christ and the peace that it will bring. And uh, so, but we still don't know exactly what it's going to be. So that's always uh, uh, created a somewhat mystery to me. And, and anytime we get a chance to talk about it, I like to talk about it. Well, and, and I, I was thinking what Bill was talking about, it's, it's, as, as we watch people go from this life into the next, it's it's an interesting capability because in a lot of ways, like I, I watched my father-in-law die, I guess, two years ago. No, two and a half years ago. And then another good friend of mine, my father-in-law passed away after a long battle with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, my uh, My friend, Greg Cox from our church, had taught you Sunday school with me for years and passed away from cancer. And to watch him, to watch the physical decline, you know, and he got to the point in his treatment, he couldn't taste. And he, he had gone during remission and was doing really well there for a little bit. And I asked him, where's your taste at? And he's like, I can't taste anything. It's like, dude, when you can taste, I am the first person you call and I got a barbecue dinner for you. <laughs> I will cook because he loved to eat my barbecue. But it was one of those, it was so sad to see, you know, that one small thing be gone, but then to watch the entire thing. But to know, as Steve said, one of the things is it's a glorious life we transition to, you know, as we move forward. And to think through that as we're thinking about it, I think is important for us to remember as Christians that there is that transition to go from, you know, all the things we, but Bill's going to have a good leg again <laughs> and be able to run and do everything he wants to do. And, and I think that's something we have to remember. Yeah. Now there's, you know, we, we always talk about good deaths and I, I, I my, the, the experience I've had with people with end of life, my mother, uh, died of cancer was a rather accelerated case and she was in hospice probably around four weeks but as it was kind of explained to me and this was this was almost now going almost 20 years ago um, there's a working out uh, at that stage um, where you come to terms 
with this, almost make a peace with it, um, which I think is is part of the process. But on the other side of this, and I and I and I, I feel bad for bringing this up, but I mean, there sometimes we wonder why why do why why do why does God allow people to stay around so long? I think of Alzheimer's cases. Um, when I'm even staying around so long, so long while they're suffering or so long while they lose aspects that, that basically are part of human life. And I mean, not just taste, but, you know, just have to be bad ridden, bedridden, or, um, or certainly uh, so many these days have, or have experience with caregiving parents who have dementia uh, or are in substantial mental decline have to be in homes and it's heartbreaking. And uh, the question is, you know, why? And, and, and I am not, I do not, I'm not making a case here for euthanasia. So, so don't get, don't, don't write in yet, but I think it's a lit, you know, <laughs> right, right. So, it's a legitimate question though. I mean, what, you know, we all, we all want to go rather quickly. I think when our time is up, when we're pretty much done. I think I'll, I'll go, Bill, you kind of got two sides of the, of, of the coin with your parents. Your dad right. wasn't finished. Hey, hey, wait a he minute. I still finished. got, I still got stuff finished. on my bucket list. Um, That's right. Your mom, on the other hand, and I know it seems to be, you know, I, I just, you know, we're done. I've got to go now. Um, it was over. And, and to take <laughs> it to Paul, Paul says, basically, I'm not quitting. And maybe, maybe we should have, roll it back to the, the men's aspect in this. Paul is saying you can't quit, but he's also saying, yeah, life is tough. And I think for him, it really was. But the point isn't the suffering. The point is spreading uh, the gospels. Um, the life in the Lord is meant to be fruitful. And, and Paul does not forget that. He doesn't forget that here and I'm going to break off, but there's a companion piece to this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 4, maybe verse 4 through 6, where he again talks about this whole thing about uh, the glory, you know, going to glory in our death. He talks about being in this tent of our physical aspect and how we groan in it and how we want to, you know, move on and be with the Lord. But he says the idea we're here to please the Lord. We're here to share the gospel and it's not done in vain. And I'll come back to this later, but I don't think suffering is what for its sake is what is what's wanted here. It's more of the joy in spite of the suffering. Hmm, well, we're going to go ahead and pick that back up. We're going to take a hard break right now. This is Man Up podcast number 188. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back to this Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 188. This is the No Church Answers Tour. And we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, but we're on this faith journey, each individually, and we get together weekly, create this podcast, and we're so glad that you take time out of your schedule, and hopefully you'll get something out of this too. We're on the cheerful subject of death tonight, and uh, so we're, we're, just on, we're, just a, we're just a bundle of a, a barrel of laughs uh, as we're going through this material, and uh, the, the thing about uh, this message about Paul and Steve, you said you were not going to make it your comments about euthanasia. I am going to talk about suicide. Well, however, I'll, I'll jump. Let me jump in on the euthanasia thing for a thing. Okay, go uh, ahead. You all, do that. all the hate mail can come to me, but you have to listen to this very, 
yeah, you have to listen very carefully to what I'm saying to understand it. I watched this with my father-in-law. He was on three blood pressure pills, two cholesterol meds, and some other heart meds. And I just looked at, and my wife was like, we, we need to take him because he has to go have his blood work done for measures for his cholesterol. And I'm just kind of like, why? <laughs> why? You know, he, he has a terminal illness in dementia and Alzheimer's. All your, he, 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 he was at, this was at the point where he wasn't home anymore, if you, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He was gone. I'm like, why? Why are you keeping him going with cholesterol, blood pressure? You know, and, and I am a fan and, and listen very carefully to me and all the hate mail can come to me when you want to. At some point, if you're in that state and having that, it's, it's the same point you get to when you have cancer. What is the point of continuing with specific medications that are prolonging natural body processes and extending it longer than it really should needed to be. Well, that's you know, a big it, difference. I mean, I would say, oh, uh, I would say you're not, you're not pulling the plug. No, you're not injecting anything, but you're letting yes, nature and, take and its you're course. Making nature take its course, which is, which is much different from, 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 Oh, from active it, it, termination of life. I, I, I have people look at me when I tell them that, and they're like, you're crazy. I'm like, am I really? Because, right. because I, I could make an argument prolonging life at that level at that point. In my mind, it's almost just as sinful as euthanasia. Well, that's, because that's at the that decision. Point, you're playing God. That's the decision <laughs> we had with my mother. My, my mother had advanced cancer. I was metastasized through her entire body and the doctors wanted to begin an aggressive course of radiation and chemotherapy. My mother was 80 years old. They were not going to reverse this. Instead, she would be sick for the last four weeks of her life. And the dis- and we talked to nurses, which, which is one, this isn't something we just made. Uh, believe it or not, if you're in, always listen to nurses. Because nurses, she basically said, no, the best thing for her is to be pain-free and to, again, she's going to die. And, you know, their miracles happen. We're not, but we weren't going to put her through a course of treatment that would be horribly uncomfortable, horribly painful, because essentially one doctor thought, oh, gee, yeah, let me play God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, had a, I had a friend uh, about five over. years ago. Am I, am I there? About five years ago, I went to see a friend. I, I grew up in the Heights, as I, I think I mentioned to you guys, and uh, went to Baptist Temple. And a friend of mine who had polio, uh, I learned about five years ago, he's in the hospital, and uh, and he I called him to talk with him, and he said, uh, said, tomorrow I'm going to pull the plug. Now, he's very coherent, just like you guys and I are talking right now. He's very coherent, but he's on a breathing machine. And he says, I've had enough. He says, I love the Lord. I believe in him. I believe I'm going to go to heaven. But tomorrow I'm telling him to turn off the machine at one o'clock. And he says, I will die. And he was just thoroughly confident with it, guys. I didn't know you could do that for yourself. But he said, tomorrow at one o'clock, I'll go. So uh, he told me ahead of time. Now, of course, I went to the hospital as soon as I could get off work and went to see him the day before. He got there at one ten. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, the day before, Bill. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I did not know you could do that, guys. You yeah. you can uh, you can make your own decision. You're perfectly coherent. And he says it's time. He says I'm I'm tired of fighting the fight. Essentially, it was keeping the machine was keeping him alive. As I understand it, yes, Steve, I did not go into details. He didn't really volunteer him, and I didn't, I didn't want to sound too nosy. But uh, apparently, maybe he was getting a combination of a sleeping tablet too that went with it. But uh, we talked. We had a great talk for about an hour about the mm-hmm. Lord and everything that's happened in his past. And uh, he's my age at that time, or he's still still be my age, but. Uh, I, I did not ask him if he was taking any type of pill or something other than to pull the plug on the machine. I would think he would, they would do something else because 
it would be kind of painful to pull the plug on a, on a right a suffocating machine. So I would think they would give him a sleeping tablet and he would go to sleep and then they would pull the plug or something. I, 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 if I remember correctly, something of that nature. Life as it's been given to us is the opportunity to use our talents and to make, you know, poetry uh, of what the talents that we have, uh, all the interests and ambitions and dreams that we have mixed with our faith and juggle all that together and, and make something out of this life. Uh, the, the thing about suicides, I'm going to hijack this discussion for a little bit though, is this, it's more often than not, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And, uh, you know, yeah, people have problems, people have issues, drives them to suicide, whether it's relational, financial, um, social. Um, but the thing about the church and what I've had issues with because of this particular scripture um, about whether you're going to go to heaven uh, regardless if you're living or if you're dead, prompting other people to uh, consider suicides. There's been so many suicides that I know of that have been in our church. It's almost if someone who is a leader of a spiritual group, if they commit suicide, they give license that it's okay for other believers to do it. And I, although I think Pastor Phil, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll just throw it out there right now, our senior pastor who committed suicide uh, five years ago, I don't think he was in his right mind. But I also think there were some subsequent suicides from people that I know for a fact that were uh, people that served with him, that were faithful followers of him, that probably felt they were given the okay because Phil did it, I can do it. And I think that's wrong. No, oh, and, and, and I think that's a legit discussion especially you know i brought it up a few times this year already but deaths by despair which is alcohol abuse drug abuse and suicide rose by 60 percent during the pandemic and right they rose because we took something very vital away from men men we we, we have a built purpose in, well what well, purpose but but that but a but a designated specific purpose. We don't have to go hunt and gather our food for the most part. Most of our podcast listeners are not doing that on a daily basis. You know, they go down to the grocery store and buy it. But their ability to provide for their family was taken away. In addition to, you know, it was one of those where people are like, "Well, if everybody stays home, we'll be safe." I'm like, if your marriage wasn't really good before is it really that good to now you're quarantined 24 7 with your spouse you know right. you know if if you if you went to the bars and had one or two beers now you're at home having four or five beers every day you know right. there is all of that that built onto itself and and I'll, i'm gonna go ahead and start steering this a little bit because what this did is is this chapter continues the message of perseverance that we picked up last week in the last two weeks building to a joy because the idea is that we build resilience in god so that we can become an ambassador for god as we're moving through this and steve referenced second corinthians galatians 2 is another one and it's it actually in Galatians chapter two, it says, and I'm reading from the message because that was just the translation I'm on right now. The life you see me living is not mine, but is lived by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And I am not going to go back on that is the way it's phrased. And it's one of those we're called to live this in Christ, to build to the joy that we're, that we're doing this 
because that helps us move forward. Steve's leaning forward, man. He he has something to say well, here. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to actually – that's that the answer because that's the answer Paul gives. Suicide is, you could say, the, the ultimate act of self-absorption. And Paul doesn't simply say, I'm just going to go on living because I choose to go on living. Um, he he says he's going to do it because he wants to continue to celebrate with the Philippians and I'm sure all his other churches, and it, and but that's where he points to. He, he he points to he admits to the fact that he gets depressed, that he is depressed, that he has suicidal thoughts here. I, I think it's clear, um, and he has no doubts that it's a better life. The afterlife is a better life. Yet he says, I'm going to go on uh, living. And why? Because he's deliberately not self-absorbed. He's deliberately going outward. And the trouble is with, uh, with our culture, we do frown on self-absorption. Uh, we do also admit as a culture that we, there's suffering and there's injustice and there are everyday problems. The culture here doesn't tell us to turn to the Lord the way Paul does. And that's, that's why the tendency is to turn to alcohol, drugs, porn, or even sometimes, you know, more acceptable outlets like, you know, fitness and bodybuilding, uh, work. And none of that is fulfilling. And it's all kind of brings you back to where you are. Paul really is saying here, yeah, I, I could choose, I, I choose life because it pleases God and I've got more work to do and spreading the gospel is not in vain. The joy he had, Steve, you're bringing a great point. I think Paul found his joy not in continuing the laborious work of preaching the gospel as he did, but rather in reflecting and helping the people who's, who he's brought to the Lord. His joy is going back and spending time with them. Now, you made a comment. Suicide is an answer to a question that I had, I had written down here earlier, guys, and I'm sure you all have heard this or talked about this or maybe mentioned this, but you answered the question. The question is, do we all die at the appointed time? We've heard fellow Christians say that. We've heard people around us. We've even talked about it possibly. Or can we actually move the deadline up, or <laughs> forgive the expression, but can we actually move the time up that God has appointed for us to live? In other words, could he have an appointed time for us to live to be 75 and we actually move that that time point up to an earlier point of which he was not part of? And, and the answer is suicide. You said it. To me, I, I think that's 100% correct. I think we can all, if we're careless, we can all move a point up in which we don't live our entire life or, or lifetime that God has planned for us if we are not careful or if we choose otherwise. And suicide is an answer for that. Anyway, Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up. With podcast number 188. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMACox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual for Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're not pastors; we're just regular guys. And uh, me, I'm not even a speaker at times. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about the uh, always cheerful subject of uh, death, and uh, 
uh, talking about uh, a little bit on euthanasia, a little bit on suicide. And, uh, and what I just wanted to um, throw out is that so many people, they don't know what heaven is. And so they throw out these abstract um, ideas of it. And I think sometimes we need to just think of our own personal heaven. And, and once you visualize something, then you'll know it when you actually see it or when it actually happens. And for example, me, I think heaven to me is going to be just one wonderful, continuous religious experience, plain and simple from whatever, from everything that I can uh, imagine, <clears throat> rich in meaning and feeling. Um, it's just going to be awesome. I had something similar to, to, that, to that happen. I got to go back to church for the first time in about seven months, uh, using a cane, not a walker. Of course, I had a mask on, so it wasn't totally normal. Supposed to socially distance, and yet one of my favorite ushers at the door, Ted, gave me a hug. I knew I, spiritually I was home. That was a religious experience for me. I literally felt joy throughout my body. I got to worship with my wife, my son, my daughter was there. And it's not back to normal, but it's a lot closer than it has been. And it was joy. And so when you, I, I think when you put a value on something, like heaven then you can identify you can compare things if you put some kind of value on it and so that's what happened to me this last week and reading this lesson i thought yeah that that's my heaven whether it comes true or not i don't know but that's what heaven on earth here for me feels like I know of two different people uh, I talked to. One of them happened to be a prosecutor under me about five years ago. I know two different individuals who say that they, in fact, died. Uh, and they uh, both of them said that they, uh, they left their bodies, they could see their bodies, and they went toward a, a great white light. Uh, and as they approached the light, uh, they both individuals, and one of them specifically, the, the recent one, was a prosecutor that worked under me said that he uh, he began to see his relatives. He said, I am no longer afraid. He said, when I, when I got to that point with my relatives who were waiting for me, a voice said, it's not time. And he said, I went back down. He says, I was sent back down, went into my body, and they, they revived me with the stirrups or whatever you use on the, uh, on the body. And he said, he said, Mike, I'm no longer afraid of dying. He says, I saw my relatives. It was not just a vision. It was not just a dream. He says, it was so real. And I don't remember the other individual, but they said pretty much the same thing. I saw my relatives and, they would, and then I was told it was not time for me to go. And he said, I re-entered my body. And, and uh, both, by the way, both of them were Christians, obviously. So I, I think that's very important. And uh, I wish we could all, well, I don't want to say wish we could all experience that, but I wish we all that had that confidence that they both had because uh, even even Paul had the experience with Christ where he saw the light. Christ spoke to him directly and called him. Paul did not go seeking Christ. He was on the way to hurt anybody who believed in Christ. And Christ came to him and stopped him cold and said, you're not going any further. You are now going to work for me. So Paul pretty much had the same, same experience where the bright light and Christ spoke to him and said, I'm calling you to be a minister for me and you will preach the gospel and you will experience a lot of uh, difficulties and pain serving me. And that's why Paul was so wholeheartedly given to it. No matter what came his way, he was going to take it on and uh, run into it head first. But anyway, so I think there'll always be a Mr. Bill, as you mentioned, we're looking for 
what we believe will be the heaven, the, the peace, the joy, the, uh, the time with the Lord, the praise, praising and worship. Uh, but we won't know till it happens, right? Even if you know somebody that experienced it, we still won't want know 100% what it's going to be like. Hmm. I have uh, no clue. I'm going to just pretty much put it out there on this. And I, I other than other than the Bible says it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm being the Bible says it's glorious. That's and 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 it and it and it's somehow we retain our identities. It's it's we go into the presence of God. We don't like become part of a God glob. We don't become one with the force. We, we, it's, it, we, we become, it is, it is, we, we retain, we retain our, ourselves and I suppose the best part of ourselves and it is, you know, it is totally within the presence of God and totally without taint of sin or evil. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's perfection and who could imagine perfection really that's you know you right. you really can't because no one's ever experienced it um and so you know i you know i know it's it's i'm sure it's not choirs i'm sure it's not just a big church or big cathedral right um it, you know you you can imagine all sorts of things but it's i can't i really can't imagine what it would be and and as i've often said the prophet's the prophets who have seen glimpses of this have seen things they really can barely communicate themselves. So, which is, which is why we have scripture in some cases, the way it is, why it's sometimes somewhat incomprehensible because oh, glass made of gold, yes. crystal seas, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the, right. the things that aren't describable because we can't describe it. And I think that's the, and, and I'm with you, Steve. I think it, it's one of those, about the only thing that I've kind of come to, because everybody keeps talking about, you're going to see the believers you've known in life. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think you're going to see people as you remember them. So like believers that I really haven't seen since high school, we're going to see each other as high school students or what we look like as mm -hmm. high school students. We're going to be able to recognize each other at some level. That That's about the only thing I figured out other than I'm, I'm with you. You can't even begin to describe it. Robert's going to have a house that's colored red. <laughs> maybe red and white for U of H. <laughs> or a mansion, I should say. <laughs> you know, it, the thing about it is this is being, uh, being a men's thing. And uh, we've all gone to a fair amount of funerals and memorial services now. And I'm just reminded that uh, I, I saw so much death when I was on the farm and physically the animal physically does not change from the moment it, between the time it was alive till the time it was dead. I mean, not honestly, not much changes except for the fact that the body quits operating. Uh, the blood quits flowing through the veins and it stops breathing but physically it's you know the same size and, and everything but what you notice is a spirit is gone so not only physically does it change but that that aura that spirit that made that that the animal gave off when it was alive was not there either and i think uh as us as being men when we go you, you when you go to a, a a funeral for someone young it's it, the death was tragic you know some kind of accident overdose or or whatever as as people get older um some type of uh, genetics or or bad luck uh, befell them or something and <clears throat> and then when you go to an older person's funeral it's it's rejoicing you you celebrate a full life because 
that body was not going to be able to age much longer. Uh, like you, Steve, have said, and in Robert, in your example, um, those bodies were not going to ever come back to a useful state like they were at one time. And I think it's up to us while we have the capacity as men to do right, to do good, to get out there and to make something of our life while we have that opportunity, because it'll come to a point to where we won't have the ability. It, it absolutely will not be there. And I think that that, I mean, to me, to me, that that's as much a part of the message as anything. Make it happen while you're here. And with that, we're getting down to the end. I want to go around and get uh, some final thoughts and takeaways uh, from the panel. And I'm going to talk with the freshly retired judge there, <laughs> Michael Cropper. Okay, Bill. Yeah. Uh, yes, it'll always be a mystery, the mystery of death and uh, why and why nots and why did it happen to them and not someone else? Uh, David spoke about that. It seems like the whisk, wicked prospered and the the righteous did not. But then he came around 180 degrees and said, you know what? I have to leave that to the Lord's hands. I had an uh, elderly aunt that was not getting around anymore. She was doing very poorly. And, and I, I spoke to her and she says, uh, why won't the Lord take me? Why won't he take me? I'm ready to go home. And then I have to think about last week we, we went through the lesson and I think Kyle pointed out a, uh, a part of the author's points regarding why Paul was serving the Lord in jail and wherever he was, he served the Lord. And that's simply uh, maybe, maybe uh, a person's death that's prolonged and they don't die at, a, at an opportune time or when it would be beneficial to them is for another person's good. And that's, I guess that's what we how, how we have to look at it. Maybe it's for somebody else's benefit. Some of the struggles we have, some of the trials we have uh, many times, if we will stop and step back and look at them and then tell somebody else about them, it will bless somebody else through the struggles we went through and came out on the victorious side on the other side of it. So today's lesson, Paul says that, you know what? He said, uh, I can imagine going to heaven, but you know what, Philippians, I think I'm going to stay here and guide and teach you because you're having struggles and that's what I want to do. So it was his choice. So anyway, why was Paul so positive about heaven? And once again, I, I like to remind us that he had a direct experience with Christ and I, I had a direct experience with Christ. I didn't have the light around me, but I felt like I asked him to forgive my sins and come to my heart. And he did. So I, I should not downplay that. I really have had an experience, and it sure changed my life. Uh, otherwise, there's no telling where I'd be today. I was playing rock bands, wanted to be a gospel disc, um, pardon me, a rock disc jockey. Had everything I thought under my hand, uh, control in my hand, and there's no telling where I would end up. So I'm, I'm grateful the Lord uh, chose to choose me or call me uh, to know Him as Savior, Bill. Excellent. Uh, professor, a summary and maybe a couple takeaways. Yeah. So, you know, to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I mean, that that's literally the passage here. And we're called to keep living because it, it does develop in perseverance towards joy. And it helps build the perseverance for us for the work we're really called to do as we keep doing it. First of all, our vocation work. You know, but also the work we're called to do for the kingdom, the perseverance to see others, you know, to see other people and to see how they react and to see what goes on with them. And then finally, a perseverance for our reward in heaven, because on earth, we're probably not going to see it. And that reward, it, it fits into our spoke in the wheel thing that we always bring up, that, that we are, you know, we don't know where in anyone's story they are. So we may not see the heavenly reward, but we may get to see it at the end of it. And so that that's really what this passage is all about as you look at it. 
Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch. Uh, I'm going to go one better because the perseverance is certainly part of it. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. But the other side of this, especially for men, uh, when you're depressed or at the end of your rope, Paul also remembers that people are thinking of him and depending on him. At the very end of this reading, in, in verse 25 and 26, Paul writes to the Philippians, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. He's looking forward to seeing them again. I'm not sure if he ever gets back to them. But the, the, that the fact that uh, you know others are thinking of you itself is a blessing and something to be grateful for. They, they brought Paul a gift and gift was, and Paul was, was extremely grateful for it uh, because it told him these people are, are thinking of him and that you know can, gets him through another day. And I know when, when I had my accident, it was of immense, it brought me immense joy in a way. It, I'd certainly, um, c- certainly peace to know that there were people who cared about me, who, who, who were thinking of me. And there are people who will do that. So that's another thing to think of, not just persevering through uh, a problem or a, a trouble you're having, but remembering that you still bring joy to others, others depend on you, and you're important to other people. Paul knew that. Excellent. And I want to go ahead and I just want to throw this in. I'm always better with stories and visualizing things. You remember when you're at a funeral where there was a lot of people crying? Why were they crying? They weren't crying for the deceased because nothing's going to change for the deceased. What you're crying for is what you're going to miss. What what you're going to miss that you would have had the opportunity to either be a part of, to be able to see, to be able to participate in that other person's life. Think about that. You have the real opportunity through this life to impact people your circle of influence, take that opportunity. And we hope this podcast, among other, other ways that you flex and exercise your faith muscle, is a way that you participate in other people's lives. So one, thank you so much for tuning in. This is podcast number 188, Spiritual Oasis for Men. So on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper and Robert Koshu. My name is Bill Cox. We're on this No Church Answers Tour. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can always go to our Facebook page or www.man-upspiritualoasis.com, our website, and post it there. And if you're still in uh, quarantine and unable to attend a church in person, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's a Baptist service on YouTube as well as sugarlandbaptist.org and starts uh, Sunday mornings at 945. And when the quarantine is over, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group ABF Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class that you can join for small group discussions just like this and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.